Hello, hello. <laughs> it's Michelle. I'm Michaela. And this is Let's, Let's Talk, Talk About, about it. it. Before we get started, um, I just want to shout out our two followers three. on three followers on Spotify. Yeah. Um, don't know if you're listening to this, but we are so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> we have not promoted it on promoted our podcast on like any of our personal social medias yeah um honestly just because let's go but um <laughs> thank you thank you i'm so happy you found us yes and please 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 keep listening <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna talk about disobedience this week yes um another one of our favorites mm-hmm. it is a rachel mcadams classic I don't think it can be a classic yet. It only came out three years ago. Rachel McAdams is amazing, so everything she does is a classic. Okay. Um, Honestly, I feel like the star was Rachel Weisz. Um, so, Rachel McAdams starred in this film. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it's basically... So, like, this woman's father dies, who is, like, the rabbi of a... Orthodox Jewish community? Yeah. And so she had left the um, community and she came back for her father's death. And you quickly realize that her and another woman named Esty, who's played by Rachel McAdams, had a, um, an entanglement, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> um, before and, she had left the community. And now Esty is married to their mutual best friend. Mm-hmm. Who is in line to be the next rabbi. Yeah, he was kind of like the protege of um, Ronnie's father. Ronnie is... Ronit. Ronit. The dad's name is Rav Krushka. Yes. So, if you didn't catch that, Rachel McAdams' character... So, uh, what's the guy's name? Da- David, mm-hmm. Esty, and Ronit. They were a friend group. Yeah. Ranit was the daughter of the rabbi who died. Mm-hmm. She left the community. David and Esty got married. Yeah. Even though Esty is a, a raging lesbian. She is a raging lesbian. And it was like a huge scandal. Yeah. Um, you find out later in the movie that Ranit's father, the rabbi, mm-hmm. uh, walked in on Ranit and Esty. Yep. <laughs> Um, so everybody in the community, it's a pretty tight-knit community. Everybody seems to know everybody. Yep. And they got caught. And then, um, essentially, she was socially shunned a little bit, the mm-hmm. main character. So she decides to leave, and she has a career as a photographer in New York City. Yep. But she has come back for her father's death. And she's, like, faced with all of these memories of what she left behind and... Mm-hmm. People honestly being really upset with her. Yeah. For having left. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we'll start off with the analysis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, first we want to say that, like, neither of us are Jewish. Yes. Um, we don't, we're not going to look at this movie as, like... A, a depiction of the Jewish religion or yeah. any kind of analysis of the Jewish religion because we don't feel qualified to talk about it in any capacity. Yeah. But we, both of us have had, um, we kind of have, like, religious backgrounds a little bit. Me, not so much. Yeah, I mean, we Michelle both. mostly. We both have uh, experience 
with Christianity, just yeah. different um, denominations of it. Yeah. But uh, we're really looking at it through a lens of, like... Just, like, the internal conflicts of, like, being gay and religious. religious. Uh, just, like, gay and religion. Like, how that ties in with familial relationships. Yeah. And just, like, internalized homophobia. And yeah. That's, that's really the lens we're looking at it through because that's what we have experience with. But we in no way want to speak on the Jewish community at all. Yeah, in any type of way. Yeah. Um, okay, so something that I really... From the beginning I noticed was that the movie... It was kind of like... The whole story is like... You think it's like about Renit. Mm-hmm. But like it was kind of like a story of like being gay in the religious community and like what happens if you stay and what happens if you leave. Yeah. So there was like a duality that was shown, which is really interesting. Um, so Esty and Renee both have conflict with the um, traditions that are associated with their community. Mm-hmm. And it's it's obviously shown like with just the the comments that Esty makes and Esty is the one who stayed and got married and the fact that Renit left the community um they both clearly have an issue with some of the traditions but the difference is that Renit left and Esty stayed and you kind of get to see throughout the entire movie um the pros and cons of both yeah and how they're dealing with it yeah so like something that they said neither of them had been with other women since then yes so like obviously for like just a reason different maybe similar reasons mm-hmm. i don't know but renee said i mean renee's bi yes so she had been with men just not with other women but Esty's like lesbian yeah she says she's only attracted to women yeah so but like it's just interesting that like they both kind of it was both the relationship because it wasn't an entanglement. They were in love. <laughs> they were in love. Um, it was a pretty much a relationship. I mean, yeah. They were... But, like, the relationship was so, like, beautiful and powerful, but also probably so traumatic mm-hmm. that Esty probably didn't want to, like, risk Being having that happen again. again. Yeah. Because she, the whole reason she married David, is it, da- it's David, right? David. Um, the whole reason she wanted, or not, she didn't want to, but the whole reason she married him was because the rabbi was like, you're sick in the head, so you need to, like, be married to a man so that you won't be gay anymore. Obviously, that didn't work. But I'm wondering if maybe Renit wasn't with a woman because she, I don't know why. Maybe she just didn't find another woman that she wanted to be with. Yeah, I mean, in the movie, she didn't say, she just said she had some, like, not really. So that means she may have had some sort of intimacy with another woman. No, I think she said she hadn't. No, she said not really. Exactly, so she hasn't. Okay, <laughs> I guess it depends on how you look at it <laughs> or how you interpret it. Um, but there is a scene in the beginning of the movie where Renit is with a man. Yeah. And you kind of get to see the difference in... I mean, it's not like she's particularly, like, so into it. I mean, it's in the bathroom stall of, like, a bar. Yeah, she but, probably just met him, like, five minutes Yeah, ago. but Esty has a scene where she's... Uh, intimate with her husband David yeah and she's clearly not enjoying it yeah it's like uncomfortable yeah. to watch and she says like the reason she married David is because if she had to have sex with a man why not our best friend yeah so <laughs> it's pretty obvious she's not into it yeah and it's interesting that even though she doesn't seem to have the capacity to love a man in that way she's the one who stayed whereas Renit. mm-hmm 
potentially could have found a man yeah because she's bisexual mm-hmm. um so it's more so to her not about the sexuality it's more so of just about the traditions that she didn't agree with yeah which was really interesting yeah and like also going into that the fact that she left she's made to feel guilty about it mm-hmm. like there's a scene where they're at dinner with her aunt and uncle and it's like it's like a bunch of gaslighting and like yeah like uncomfortable conversations going on yeah like i remember there was one where like i don't think it was her aunt it was just like someone it was like a get together it mm-hmm. wasn't just her aunt and uncle she was like oh i see you're not married and then she was like yeah (laughs) and then she was like that marriage is an institutional obligation yeah that made everyone really uncomfortable yeah (laughs) i just think that that is like it's so relatable like if you're in the closet or even if you're out of the closet and your family doesn't want to accept it yeah and they just ask you all of these like heteronormative questions like are you dating anyone like do you have a boyfriend are you married like are you seeing anyone and, like, you just have to kind of, like... Deflect. Yeah, you have to, like, deflect, or you have to just make it, like... It's just uncomfortable. And then when you, like, get defensive, they're like, why are you getting defensive? Or yeah. then, like, they get defensive if you get yeah. defensive. And it's just not really fair. Yeah, I mean, I think that just, like, a lot of the movie, in that scene specifically, really speaks to, like, the internal conflict that comes along with being queer mm-hmm. in an unaccept an unaccepting family or just like less an ideal situation because it's like you're while you're there treated like less than for your identity for dating who you date or not dating who they want you to date and then if you choose to leave it's like well you're abandoning us mm-hmm. so like why why did you leave or like I, i'm surprised to see you back and yeah. like making all these comments about like well you can't genuinely be happy because you know Marriage to a man is, like, the epitome of happiness. And, like, yeah, you may have friends now, but, like, it's not going to last. Or, like, just comments like that that Mm. undermine a person's ability for happiness when they're being, like, kind of selfish. Like, because Ranit, in their eyes, is, like, selfish. Like, she's putting her needs above the needs of the community. Mm. And that seems to be, like, a common theme in families that are unaccepting of their children it's like kind of blaming them like how dare you distance yourself from us you know we're your family but yeah like then you don't make me feel comfortable and when i am there you're like criticizing everything that i do Mm -hmm. and then she says the comment about like institutional or uh obligation obligation to marriage and that's like objectively true honestly if you think about it but she says it and then it's her fault for making the situation uncomfortable right then then it's like why would you say that, you know? But, like, why are you telling me that I need to get married then? Yeah. Like, and, like, they ask her these questions that they know she doesn't want to answer. They know that she, no matter what she says, I mean, she could just lie. But yeah. she doesn't want to lie. So, like, when she tells them the truth, they get upset. And it's like, well, you knew. You know I'm bi. You know I'm not. Don't cons- Probably, I mean, I don't know if she considers herself Jewish. But she doesn't consider she herself some orthodox. Not probably. practicing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. She, like... I am a photographer, I wear pants, like, I don't cover my hair, so, like, why are you asking me these questions? You're not gonna, expecting an answer that you're gonna like. Yeah, I'm not gonna, like, lie to you. Basically, like, why is it that people ask questions that put them in, like, uncomfortable situations if you're not okay with an uncomfortable answer? Yeah. Like, if you aren't okay with the non-traditional route to whatever situation, Mm -hmm. and you're not okay with the discussion about it 
and potentially having like uncomfy conversations and don't bring it up like just don't bring it up like if that's because like I feel like a lot of people have this idea that like like you can't criticize somebody Mm -hmm. for anything like for example her not being married right Mm -hmm. that's a valid criticism if they believe that marriage is like you know vital to life right Mm -hmm. it's all fair and good that that her aunt brought it up that it was like well you know you should get married because if that's what she genuinely believes will make somebody happy then it makes sense that she would bring it up yeah that's not the issue the issue is is that when she gives her response her aunt gets upset yeah like if you want to bring stuff up that might be like controversial Mm -hmm. that's fine say whatever you want but don't be upset when somebody says something that you don't like because then it's hypocritical like Mm -hmm. also just like um, more like blaming stuff on her like they just make it seem like it's her fault for leaving yeah like literally her dad in his will said that or no in his obituary said that he didn't have any children yeah he left no children and he also didn't put her... He didn't put her in his will. In his will. So it's like, I, like how can you expect me to like... Just live with that. Yeah, to okay live with that. that. To be happy to see everyone who like... Who's like giving me a lot of trauma. Yeah. And like you just expect me to just like... And also nobody was happy to see her. Yeah, no, like literally when David was talking to two like... The committee. Uh, yeah, something like know. that. They asked, they were like... Oh, so Renee's staying with you. And David was like, yeah. And then there was just, like, silence. Yeah. And, like, everyone knows Renee and her reputation. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone is so passive-aggressive toward her. And everyone always talks shit, like, about her. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't know. I feel like that's such a common thing. Not even, like, with religion, but just, like, with queer kids and, like, families in general. Mm-hmm who, like, don't understand the queer community. Yeah. It's just, like, it's difficult to come back and just, like, s- like sit and be quiet and let everything be the way that it mm-hmm. is when so much of what you say is, like, passive-aggressive or, like, harmful or hurtful to you. Mm-hmm. And I f- feel like it's very hard for, like, people, like, religious or straight people to, like, understand that. Yeah. It's, like, expected of you or just like anybody in general to be okay with being mistreated because it's like your community Mm. and then when you speak up or when you decide that you're not okay with it then it's like you abandoned us yeah like how could you do that to us yeah it's like you're not the victim like you're like i decided that i wasn't going to be okay with this so i removed myself from the situation Mm -hmm. and then they see you as bad yeah but what's the solution then? Me just being a, being like sad and hurt all the time? Like mm-hmm. that's not a solution. That's not a like sustainable thing because then what that does is grow to resentment. Yeah. And that's not okay. No. Um, I also just would like to say that this has an eighty four on Rotten Tomatoes. It deserves way more. Which than that. yeah. What did a secret love have? Like a hundred? It had like ninety five, which is literally like unheard of on Rotten Tomatoes. That's so messed up. Like, These people don't have their priorities straight. <laughs> yeah. And another thing another reason that it deserves an eighty like higher than an eighty four is because it does have a sex scene between the two women. Mm. but it's done so well like doesn't even have nudity honestly yeah. but it's so well done you can tell it's not it doesn't feel like i'm watching something that straight men would like jerk off to you know what i was just thinking what i literally just thought of right now when 
David and Esty had sex, you saw her boobs. Yeah. But, like, it was not, like, arousing. Is that it was the not, right word? It wasn't an erotic kind of thing. Yeah. Nudity. It was more like, okay, this is, like, what we do. You know, I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm going to get in bed. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have sex. It's not, like, a set, sensual kind of nudity, yeah. you know? And, but, like, with Esty and Ronit, or maybe, did you see Ronit's boobs? No, during that scene, they both had shirts on. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, and the just it was like it was like a hundred times better. Yeah. Like like there was no nudity, but it was still like incredible. Also, I think it was pretty realistic in terms of like the way that their sex yeah. <laughs> worked. Yeah. It seemed to me it was very similar to my experience with sex. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, I hope your mom doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just thought, I like, it was a really good depiction of that. And most movies with two women having sex, it's always, like, very, very exaggerated, almost, like, porn-like. Yeah. It was tasteful. This, this, yeah, this was, like, tastefully <laughs> done. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Which is interesting because it was directed, at, it was directed by straight Yeah, directed guy. and produced. Or directed no. and written. Yeah, directed and written. But it was based but, on a book yeah. written by... Naomi Alderman. Yeah. Who... who She has a lot of parallels with Renit. Yeah. Because, like, Naomi Alderman is bi. She is from London. She's from an Orthodox Jewish community. She moved to New York City to live out her dreams. They're, like... A lot of similarities between Renit and her, so I feel like that made it even better because mm-hmm. she like she was writing from like not experience because this is not based on a true story. Yeah, no, I it's, don't think. it's a novel. It's fiction. Yeah. But I just thought it was cool that there was like some truth mm-hmm. in the novel, which makes it that that much more like relatable. Like the book wasn't written by a straight guy. It was no idea. Yeah, but I think it is important to say that like it was directed. Yeah. And the screenplay was written by a straight guy, and he, yeah. I, like, honestly, yeah. I think it was pretty well done. Yeah, it was very impressive. The ending. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so obviously in the movie, you can see as soon as they, like, as soon as Rennie and SD look at each other, they, like, there's some tension. There's yeah. some, that you could tell something happened. Yeah. You could tell something was going on in their heads. And obviously, you know what the movie is about before you watch it. You know that it's, like, stuff between them. But you don't really know what happened, why it happened, mm-hmm. when it happened. Also, can we talk about how Renee, or Esty is an English teacher? I know. I feel like, okay. <laughs> how cliche is that? <laughs> I loved all my English teachers. <laughs> so, throughout the course of the movie, Esty is has kind of like this internal conflict of whether or not she should leave because she, I feel like she thinks she can't do anything else. She, uh, at one point, Renit asks, why didn't you leave? And she says that it's like, like basically this is like her home and she's a teacher and she loves her students. And it kind of seems like she feels like she doesn't really have the choice to leave. But then once in her, her once her and Renit reunite and have sex in a hotel in London, they... I think her eyes are kind of open to, like, the possibilities that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that really triggers her thought process on whether or not she should leave. Mm-hmm. Um, she wakes up the next morning and has, like, suspicion that she's pregnant. 
takes a pregnancy test and it turns out that she is pregnant and that's really what like solidifies like okay give me my freedom yeah i think it's really interesting like this whole idea of freedom it's actually the first scene renee's father is like having i don't know know what you would call it necessarily but he's talking about like how we are beings that have a choice and free will and how like there are angels and there are demons and then there are humans and we have the choice to be either an angel or a demon um no beasts beasts yeah and it's like beasts uh follow their desires of the flesh so that's like what the movie starts out with which i think is really interesting because it is something that you're you're seeing like it's a theme that you're seeing continually throughout the movie it's this like freedom to choose do they really have a freedom to choose because yeah renee chose to leave and then everybody hated her everybody blamed her and now she has all these people who loved her dad hated her don't even acknowledge that she existed don't acknowledge that she's mourning i think that you have freedom to choose but you don't have freedom of consequences true very true that's well said it's also it's also just not talked about the fact that there will be consequences to your choices. Yeah. You could do whatever you want. Yeah. But people may hate you. And you just have to deal with it. Yeah. Which, like, again, back to what we were saying earlier, is analog- analogous? Analogous? And not... And... <laughs> I don't know how to say it. And Comparative. Not- <laughs> uh, Metaphorically? No. Okay. <laughs> it is comparative to... Um, the relationship metaphor. sorry it's okay that was <laughs> uh to the relationship that queer children have analogous analogous to the relationship that queer children have with their like unaccepting family members where it's like obviously there's always a choice once you're a self-sustaining adult obviously but mm-hmm. there's always a choice that you have like i can just you know break my ties with my family and i won't have to deal with the toxic uh, commentary or toxic just like situations that I'm put in as a queer person mm. but then you know like at the end of the day they are your family and like you obviously love them and you want so badly for them to change their opinions or to just like stop putting you in these toxic situations mm. um, so you do have the choice you know like do I wait it out and see if they ever will or do I just like leave and put myself first well, also, like, it seems like in this movie specifically, they don't seem to realize that she's also hurting from the fact that she left. They yeah. seem to think that she doesn't care, that the fact that she mm-hmm. left means that she didn't care about these people, which isn't was, true. That was, like, an easy choice for yeah. her. Which it may have been, but it could have been, like, it could have been just as hard as it was Well, easy. actually, that is something that happened during the movie when Rachel McAdams is mad at Renee for leaving again. Mm-hmm. And she says... It's so easy, isn't it, just to leave? And Renee uh, says, no, it isn't. That's right. So it's like, obviously, a conflict that she's having. She's just choosing to leave. But everybody seems to think that because you leave, you're giving up. And you're just like, you don't care about anybody. And that's not the, that's not the case at all. Mm. It's like, you, most of the time, like you care so much that you withstood all these things that were hurtful to you for so long. And then when you stop like taking it and like not standing up for yourself people think that you just don't care Mm. when you start just like distancing yourself it's like oh well you just don't care and it's like no i mean i cared a lot all that time that i was letting you talk to me like this yeah and then finally i gave i like stopped letting you do this and now you think that i'm i don't care that's not it 
Yeah. So that I finally am caring for myself more. Right. Which you should do. Yeah. If it's safe, obviously. <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought I thought it was interesting that the beginning talked about choice. Yeah. And then when... The ending scene. Also. Yeah, the ending also talked about choice. Cause do- because she said, I want you to give me my freedom. Yeah. And... Dog- SD did. Yeah, Esty did to David because yeah. she wanted a divorce. And he was like, no. But then he went and did his, I don't know what it's called. He was kind of like being like initiated into the position of rabbi. Yeah. And he had to talk kind of like a speech. Yeah. And like while he was having the speech, he was like, it's a right for everyone to have the freedom to do whatever they want to do. And so like during that scene he was like kind of inadvertently telling SD that like she could have her freedom that yeah. they could be div- they could get divorced. Yeah. And then he walks out of the synagogue and um hugs the two of them kind of like yeah symbolizing that he accepts them and yeah. he is okay with it and he's like giving her her freedom, which is really beautiful to watch. It's like yeah. so heartwarming that like Somebody who's essentially been groomed to not accept that. Yeah, because they said that he had been, like, his prodigy. Like, the rabbi's prodigy since he was, like, 13 or yeah. 14, right? So... And now he's an adult and married. And I think uh, it's the fact that Esty was ex- expecting a child. And mm-hmm. she had said, like, I wasn't able to choose mm-hmm. whether or not I wanted to stay here. But I want my child to be able to choose mm-hmm. and I think that that really like opened his eyes like to the fact that he wasn't able to choose and like maybe mm-hmm. if had things been different uh Renit would have stayed and like it wouldn't have happened the way that it did and I think that's really just like he wants his child to have the option to choose which yeah. is really like a, a big sacrifice to make especially when that's all you know like this community yeah. is all you know and you're willing to give your child more than that which mm-hmm. is beautiful yeah. to watch and going back to him like being groomed mm-hmm. it, it was just like I feel like a lot of people who grow up religiously unless you like are gay or mm-hmm. like maybe have maybe have someone who's close to you that's gay so many people just like like he was groomed since he was 14 to believe everything that the rabbi believed mm-hmm. and obviously he believed it yeah until he until he was hit with that blow of like shit my lesbian is or my lesbian <laughs> is a wife <laughs> my wife is a lesbian and, and i've done everything right and she still wants to be yeah with this woman and she doesn't have that freedom because she's stuck in this community mm-hmm. that doesn't allow her to be herself yeah and i just thought that it's really incredible and honestly a little bit unrealistic that he changed his whole perspective of what he had been taught i don't know if he necessarily changed his perspective i think he might have always had a looser perspective than Mm -hmm. some people um i think he genuinely just really loved esty yeah like was in love with her and wanted it to work and i think that's what really motivated him to pursue this relationship with her and and marry her and stay with her and at the end of the day allowed him to see past his desires is the fact that he wanted her he wanted her to be happy so i don't really think it was necessarily like a change of heart that he had i think it was more so that he knew what was happening from the beginning and now the circumstances showed him that kind of it was not changed like you couldn't change it 
And the fact that they, the three of them were best friends, I think definitely helped. But there are so many instances of people who are religious, who aren't even, like, high up, who are just, like, believe in something, who have, like, a kid or a brother or a sister or just, like, anyone who's super close to them who are queer and they shun them. Mm-hmm. They pretend that they're not a part of their family. Yeah, I mean, anymore. an example of that is the the father. Yeah. You know, like. So, I, like, it doesn't matter that even if he loved Esty so much, but, that, like, the fact that she's gay, he could have, like, been like, well, I can change you, I can give yeah. you. I mean, I guess maybe he just wasn't being selfish. Because that's honestly yeah. what it comes down to. It's selfishness, if, yeah. Yeah, if you are religious and you decide to shun somebody because of their sexuality and selfishness because you don't look past your religion. So I think it's really um, incredible that David decided to put his religious ideologies aside and take Esti and Ramit as people and who they are as individuals and understand that they're good people and that he loves them despite the fact that they're gay. Um, and in my experience, I have a similar experience. Not similar, actually. So, like, my grandmother is religious. I don't know what her specific thing is. Do you? How would I know what your grandma's religion is? <laughs> I don't know. It's like non I think it's like non-denominational Christian mm-hmm. and she has a problem with me being gay mm-hmm. because her church says that it's wrong for her to be gay. Mm-hmm. The Bible supposedly even though now we all know that the word homosexual wasn't in the Bible until the 40s yeah. or the 30s or something like that. Mm-hmm. But she wholeheartedly believes that being gay is bad mm-hmm. and that you're going to go to hell and unlike David she can't accept it she continues to I mean like very subliminally mm-hmm. and like very occasionally she'll like throw something in there like you have demons <laughs> <laughs> you have portals open that's letting the devil in mm-hmm. um Which like is- Which is interesting. It goes back to, like, that dinner table conversation with Mm. Rini and her aunt and uncle where they make comments Mm. that that to other people seem small. And it's, like, essentially kind of a rude comment. And then you're you're expected not to say anything back. Mm. And it's, like, well, why not? I mean, that comment was rude. You know, it was uncalled for. But then when you say something back, it's, like, you're sensitive. Or, like, Mm -hmm. they didn't mean it that way. Or... Whatever it is to get them to get the blame away from them and place it on you, yeah. Because essentially they're uncomfortable with the energy you're creating in the studio, <laughs> and want a way to kind of shift mm-hmm. the blame to to like the person being criticized in the situation. Yeah. So my experience with with religion was a little more substantial than yours, because um, I actually went to. Catholic school my entire life, so Mm -hmm. I was exposed to it at school and then also at home. Um, 
my mom was religious and went to church every Sunday. Nobody in my family is like a devout Catholic, mm -hmm. but they definitely like identify with Catholicism and a lot of them also went to Catholic school and performed the sacraments. Um, and I have performed the sacraments. Uh, so it's, it's like a huge part of my identity as a, just like a person, just Catholicism or identifying as a Catholic. Regardless of my beliefs, it, it feels intertwined with who I am. But again, like my family isn't super devout in terms of like the like what ch the church says you should and shouldn't be doing so for me it was more so of an internalized issue internalized conflict that I was having with religion as opposed to an external like familial or community related issue where I felt like somebody wasn't supporting me because of religion I think obviously because we're, our identities are so intertwined with religion the conflict that comes along whenever like for example for my family uh finding out that i was gay uh i think initially probably there's a conflict there with like gay being wrong or othered which probably ties into religious beliefs but overall it seemed not to be that much of an issue like a significant enough issue where like it became a problem i think for me it was more so like i am in catholic school and have been taught like the definitions of marriage and what's right and what's wrong and uh internally i felt like it was wrong for me to be gay when i was first coming to terms with it yeah. so it was more so i felt like i had to choose an identity where it was like i'm either going to accept the fact that i'm gay or i'm going to just like repress it and continue living my life the way that i was living it previously which is interesting because again i was never super devout to mm -hmm. catholicism but it felt so much a part of who i was as a person that it just felt impossible to like divorce myself from that. Mm. Luckily though, like around the time when I was figuring out that I was uh, gay or just that I was attracted to women, it was also around the time that I started completely questioning the religion that I was like growing up in and just mm. like what I was being taught in school and literally just everything surrounding religion as a whole I was questioning. Mm. So it was a lot easier for me to be like, well, I don't really agree with a lot of these, so what's the big deal if mm -hmm. I'm gay, you know? Like, it can't be that bad if all these things are also part of this religion and I'm very against mm. uh, a lot of the rules. So that was really, that, like, like lessened the conflict for me because it was, it was, like, kind of made the decision for me. But for a while before that, it was an issue that I was having where I felt like I was kind of like losing my sense of self when I was coming to terms with my sexuality. Mm. Mine's a little different. Yeah. Cause I mean like I didn't I didn't grow up religious. Yeah. Like my father's like pretty like agnostic I guess. Mm -hmm. My mom is a Christian. Yeah. But like she, she never made us like she never went to church. She's not practicing, I guess. Got but it. she still has like a lot of christian values i guess mm -hmm. but like my grandma her mom is very 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 christian like goes to church every single sunday mm -hmm. has bible study groups like has like women's study group like mm -hmm. couple study group like the whole nine yeah and so like and we spent a lot of time with my grandma and 
from a young age, I know that she wanted to try to get me to be super religious. Yeah. But, like, I never, like, I mean, I spent time with her, like, on the weekends and stuff like that. Like, I never had to grow up, like, super religious. Yeah. I mean, I know you weren't, like, super religious, but, like, you literally went to school every single day and mm-hmm. had religion uh, surrounding you every single day. Yeah. And Whereas, then, oh, sorry, go ahead. And, like, mass, and then, like, yeah. aside from school, I also went to church every single Sunday. Yeah. So. So, like, I would go to church with my grandma, like, occasionally. Yeah. Um, definitely a lot less now, since one of the last times I went, they talked about how being gay was bad, um, <laughs> so that kind of sucked. <laughs> um, but just, like, she is the biggest religious influence on my life. Yeah. I'm kind of lucky that she was the only one, and my mom wasn't, like, her. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like I would have a lot more traumatic experiences with mm-hmm. it, but I'm pretty lucky that I didn't, really. Yeah. Um, obviously it sucked, and, like, church makes me uncomfortable, but, like, yeah. my grandma, like, that's what she asked for for her birthday every year, is to, like, go to church with her. Yeah. And I don't want to say no, because she's my grandma, but it just makes me so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. It wasn't super hard for me to distance myself from religion, though. Yeah. Like it was for you. Another thing that I wanted to mention, which is kind of, like, a parallel to the movie, where it's, like, not just a religion, it's more so of a community. Yeah. Is that, like, feeling like Catholicism... My family is from the Dominican Republic, and, like, it's just, it's more so, I think that the reason my family isn't super devout Catholic, because it's more so about the identity and Mm. the community as opposed to the actual religion itself. Yeah. That comes along with just, like, our cultural background, and it's, like, assumed that you're Catholic or just Christian Mm -hmm. um, if you're from DR. So growing up here and, like, here being New York and like trying to identify like with my peers mm-hmm. who are like just from New York and like obviously I, I was born and raised in New York and I wanted to fit city. in with them New York City yes I wanted to fit in with people around me um, and luckily I went to Catholic school so this wasn't a big issue but like when I was trying to distance myself from the church it did kind of feel like I was betraying my cultural background a little Mm. bit uh which is an issue that i deal with all on its own (laughs) without (laughs) any sexual or religious aspects Mm. but just kind of feeling like another aspect of my identity which is my cultural background um being left behind with like me living here and like having friends and just like people around me that don't identify with the same things as me kind of like a betrayal where like i'm becoming American I don't know like <laughs> like I'm just like like assimilating to the culture that I'm in here and not really honoring my background mm. at the end of the day I just decided that like what I believed personally was more important mm-hmm. than all these external factors yeah but it definitely was something that like I related to in the movie with like choosing between living in a community or living within traditions that you don't necessarily agree with mm-hmm. and, like, making the decision to distance, your, distance yourself in order to f- have a fulfilling life. Mm. You were, like, internally you were Esti and Renit. Exactly. And you were having a relationship with yourself inside of your head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Except, like, I didn't. 
I, I don't want to compare my situations because it wasn't extreme like the movie has. Like, it, I didn't feel like I was, like, going to be shunned if I decided not to identify as a Catholic. Uh, so I don't want to compare, but just, like, an interesting parallel. But I feel like for gay people who grow up religious, though, even if their family is not super religious, they're still worried that their family is going to... Like, they... What is the word? Dram- dramatized? Dramatized? <laughs> Yeah. dramatize it in their head. When I f- came out, my family didn't care. But in yeah. my head, I made it such a big deal. Like I mean, you didn't even come out. So you didn't even have the experience yeah. of like, coming out. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I'm out now. Everybody knows now. Yeah. But I never like was like, hey, I'm gay. Yeah. I just kind of... We just kind of eased into Other it. people told your family. <laughs> yeah. Um, came out for you <laughs> very nice yeah um but i feel like we make it way more intense obviously not everyone but i feel like a lot of people i know always assume the worst is gonna happen and then it happens and they're like oh that was way worse in my head so i feel like that could have been that in your head i mean it wasn't but like it could have been that in your head because you could you could have thought that that was what was going to happen yeah, I mean, I agree. I definitely, when I was weighing the pros and cons of coming out, mm-hmm. uh, I did assume the worst. I did assume that, like, my family would be, like, not accepting and mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, disclaimer, I'm actually not out to my whole family. <laughs> um, oh, shit. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't actually know how everybody's going to react because I only know the people who have reacted. For the most part, like, I can't complain. It has been pretty positive. Yeah. Or, like, at least neutral. <laughs> like yeah. As good as Like, indifferent, be. you know? And the ending. The ending! Oh, my God. <laughs> it was sad. I mean, it was, like... It wasn't a bad ending. It was just, no. like, not ideal. Not a... Are they ever, though? hardly ever hardly ever but i'm a cheerleader has a pretty good ending yeah the ending was basically that they both did leave the church or not the church sorry they they both did leave the community Mm -hmm. but they didn't leave together yeah which makes no sense because they didn't give any reason why like by the looks of it the way that it almost ended it seemed like they were going to end up together yeah it did seem like that I think that it was mo. I think that the ending was there to show that their love was the catalyst in their finding of like freedom. Yeah. But it wasn't the reason they needed the freedom. It was kind of what like showed them like, mm-hmm. oh shit, there's so much out there. There's so much that I'm not experiencing. There's so much that I need to learn about myself. Yeah. And they wouldn't have like otherwise figured that out had they not had this experience of being in love with each other. Which I think is pretty beautiful within itself, even though it's like I would have wanted them to just end up together and be happy and get married and like mm-hmm. ha- live happily ever after. But that ending also is pretty good. Yeah. It's not like terrible. But I mean, I'm sure that... Renit? Renit. I can't believe I'm calling her last name. <laughs> um, I feel like that not only was she saying goodbye to Esty, that probably was... Her saying goodbye to everything. Yeah. Because now that her father's not there, like, she doesn't have... And Esty's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have anything holding her yeah. to that community. So not only was she saying bye to Esty, she was saying bye to, like, 
her childhood. Yeah. Everything that she knew for so long. Which is why it makes it even more emotional. Yeah. But, like, SD... I feel like... Maybe I'm just saying this because I want it to happen. SD and her are going to be at least friends. Yeah, I mean, they say at the end, like, they kiss before well, as they're saying goodbye yeah. <laughs> and they say like let me know where you end up and stuff mm. so i do feel like eventually i mean maybe that was there purposely so that the viewer could be like one day they'll end up together <laughs> yeah. when sd is done with all her like finding herself yeah. you know which is that makes sense yeah i mean she's been tied to these rules and restrictions Mm-hmm. She deserves a little freedom to find herself mm-hmm. and like not to say that that is not restrictive. Yeah. Obviously like rules and restrictions within that community specifically and traditions just generally um are positive for some people and like mm-hmm. not something that they feel they need to be free from. They mm-hmm. some people feel that those rules and restrictions lead to certain types of freedom. Yeah. But for SD specifically, she asked for freedom. She yeah. wanted to experience and have choices mm-hmm. that she wasn't given yeah. in this circumstance. Naomi Alderman Mm-hmm. she like about like disobedience wrote just like being like uh in that community and just like being a wife of someone in that community is like it's a good life mm-hmm. like you have like dinner parties mm-hmm. you have friends you mm-hmm. have community you have children mm-hmm. like it's a good life yeah it's just not meant for everybody yeah which is totally fine which is like yeah completely valid and completely like, fine, and everybody deserves mm-hmm. the option of, yeah. like, the just, like, the type, choose. <laughs> the type of life that they want to live, you yeah. know? And for Esty specifically, it seemed like she was not happy in mm-hmm. this community. So it was kind of, like, poetic justice that she got what she wanted in the end. She did want the freedom. She just didn't have the tools to the ask courage. or the courage to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Renee is what gave... Like, Renee and her unborn child gave her the courage that she needed to ask for what she wanted. Yeah. Well... It was a lot. The movie yeah. was a lot. And, like, it was, like, it was, like, two hours long. It was pretty long. Yeah. It goes into a lot of, like, reoccurring themes within queer people's lives, like familiar relationships, religion, mm-hmm. community abandonment (laughs) yeah (laughs) self-discovery internalized homophobia like all these really really prominent themes in our lives Mm -hmm. are touched on in this movie yeah and it's so beautifully done and Mm -hmm. well written and like tastefully done yeah Um, also can i say i don't know the foliage artist and this film was incredible. It was like ASMR. It was like the whole movie. It yeah. was incre- like I've never like heard a movie like the heels on the sidewalk it was incredible. <laughs> the bag rolling on the sidewalk. Yeah, like, and also just, just the, like cinematography, like the way that it was aesthetic, like filmed. Mm. It was beautiful. Like mm-hmm. so so well done. Yeah, just a great movie all around. It was a really really good movie. It deserves more than eighty four percent. I agree. It was definitely it's definitely like a serious movie. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not like sad or anything, but it yeah. is it is a more serious movie. It's not like lighthearted. Yeah. But it's so relatable I and like feel like relevant. It's good for someone who's not gay to watch to kinda understand what it's like to be gay. Yeah. I do. I think it does well at depicting just like an internal conflict and struggle mm-hmm. that pours into external issues Mm. 
And I would definitely recommend to both people in and outside of the community yeah. to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's like really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Highly well done. I feel pretty, I feel like it's pretty underrated. I feel like it's not really okay. talked about when you talk about like queer movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. And Rachel McAdams, I mean, honestly, she's amazing. She's, she's right. amazing. She's such an amazing actress. She's a really good actress, yeah. Everything she's in is so good. <laughs> And even if the movie's not good, she's good in it. The range. From Regina George to S.D. Cooperman. Regina freaking George. <laughs> come on. Yeah. She's so good. The girl's got range. She's got range. She's got talent. <laughs> um. So what do you rate it? Um. I rate it a 5 out of 5. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I think it's so good. Really good. And usually I don't rate movies that highly when they don't end up together. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm going to give it a 4.9. Oh. A 4.9999. Got it, got it, got it. It would be a 5 if they ended up together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say 5 out of 5 because despite them not ending up together, I think that it was still yeah. a beautiful movie. It was. And every time I watch it, I notice more things about it that like are so relevant. Just like I notice more themes and like... Is it because of How that beautifully or is it done because it is. we have a podcast now where we have to watch movies and talk about them? I've watched this movie more than, like, the times that we've watched it for the podcast, so no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've only watched it twice. Yeah. Join us next week when we watch Carol. Um, yeah, Carol's an interesting one, so. Honestly, I don't remember it. Honestly, I don't like it. I think that it's pretty overrated, but we'll get to that next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for watching and thank you for following. Please follow. Tell your friends. Yeah. Bye. I mean, if you want to. Oh, yeah. But we'll greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Also, thank you to the people who followed us, which we already said, but we're really grateful. We're so grateful. So thank you. Bye. Bye.